0: Welcome to Backboard Banter on the Board with your hosts Matt Middleton and Kevin Rayner where the banter's as ferocious as Damian Warner in the decathlon, bro. He broke 9,000 points, fourth ever Olympic athlete to do that, or athlete in general. He's got the Olympic gold and the Olympic record. Gotta love to see some, some Canadian men stepping up because the women have been carrying, my fam. Ain't that a fact, but Matt, the decathlon is ridiculous.
1: There's so many events... To be so good at so many different things. You mentioned it breaking 9,000 points. The guy ran like a 10.16 in the 100 meters. That's like way faster than anyone I know that could do it. Like all credit wow. to him. Super fantastic Olympic record. The guy was just running at the end of that 1,500 meter. Like he knew that he had the potential and uh, pretty awesome for one of the men to step up and get us another medal
0: definitely nice to see it's it's awesome to see someone at the the top of uh one of the most grueling sports in in all of the olympics i mean you you said at 10 different events he's got to do you know jumping events running events uh strength events with the with chop put and javelin like it's awesome to see that he dominated the field from start to finish he was the number one after the first event and it stayed that way all the way until the 10th um do you want to shout out uh that lapage uh, pierre Pierre, i, I think Pierre yeah, Lepage, I he was awesome too as a 25 year old athlete he's only been doing the sport for four years wow. like kids got unlimited potential maybe at 31 he'll also bring home a medal for canada that would be lovely I mean that's the beauty of
1: the Olympics, right? You got to take advantage when you have the opportunity. The women of Canada, absolutely on point. There was man, I think thirteen medals for us before DeGrasse came in, and we'll we'll bring, we'll come back to DeGrasse. after talking about these women, but you know from from our ladies in the pool, from our our our, our Canadians uh, women's soccer team, which is going to go for gold tomorrow after finally getting over Let's the go. USA hump, like it has been fantastic to see like young kids young women around canada right now are are turning on their tvs olympics and are being so inspired by you know the feats of athleticism that we're watching right now
0: absolutely man our rowing teams our judo like we've got some spectacular women dominating their sport right now love to see penny alexia calling out that grade school teacher who told her to quit (laughs) swimming this is what dreams are made of penny you are the most decorated olympic athlete for canada's history um absolutely so impressive and she's just getting started, man. She could come back for another games. Um, You know, some of the women that were dominating the swimming events were in their thirties or pushing 30. She's only like what? 21, 22. Like she's got time, man. It's, It's crazy because this Olympics has had a lot of young talent, right? Like
1: we've seen 13, 14 year old kids like Matt. I mean, I was at peak athleticism when I was 13, 14, but like I was trying to go to Canadian nationals for ski race and I wasn't trying to compete for a gold medal in the Olympics. Like these 13 year old Japanese skateboarders that literally have grown up in a world where it is illegal to skateboard almost everywhere are putting in these unreal runs, getting these gold medals, and then having to hop off their skateboards when they get out of the arenas or else they're going to get arrested. Like, There's so many weird, wild controversies at the Olympics, but at the end of the day, to watch these young kids come in and be like, hey, we've got the sports. We're going to keep this entertaining for years to come. Like, It's so amazing. I'm so happy to see it.
0: Dude, I felt like all of the skateboarders that won medals were 16 and under. They absolutely get dominated at 13 years old. Like they are just putting on a show. These girls, and you mentioned the Japanese athletes, but there's like the great British girl. um, There's uh, other girls across like that all win medals at the Brazilian girl at 13 years old. Like, I don't know what I was doing at 13, but it definitely wasn't anywhere close to winning an Olympic medal. Um, and then you've got that 14-year-old diver who won the 10-meter platform yesterday. Mm-hmm. Like, wild to see um, that the sport is, is just getting younger and younger, and people in their athletic prime are hitting it in teenage years. Uh, depending on the sport, obviously, because they still have that age restriction in gymnastics, you know, can't, can't let those two flexible people get in there. But uh, really happy for Simone Biles, who got the bronze on the beam. Nice to see her come back from having what they call the twisties which is apparently you can't recognize the floor and the ceiling. So good good for her to overcome she, that. She also did just come out and say that apparently a, an aunt of hers passed away
1: suddenly mid-Olympics. So she was dealing with a lot of mental stress, mental struggle. So good on her to at least, you know, stick to her guns, believe that it, it wasn't worth it for her to get out there, to give the opportunity to other athletes as well, while also still showing her prowess by getting a medal. So, you know, congratulations to Simone.
0: Yeah, she's absolutely phenomenal. I do want to bring it back to DeGrasse, though, man. Oh, yeah. Because the guy is a Canadian, is an Olympic legend going back-to-back games with medals in the 100 and the 200, got bronze in both, got a silver and a gold in the 200. I don't know, man. I think the 200 is more impressive because you got to maintain that speed for longer. Like, if he didn't mess up his start in the 100, we might have both golds. So, DeGrasse is the only um, sprinter at this Olympics who competed in
1: both. Obviously, we saw him at the end of Usain Bolt's unquestionable goat-tier reign over the sports, right? But, yeah, DeGrasse arguably had the worst start in the 100-meter and still pulled off the third. He was so strong in the 200, Matt. We were talking about it earlier. I agree with you because... The way you have to combine running on the curve, the way you have to be able to get up to speed through there, and then get to full speed, and then bolt down the end, like the guy is so talented, he so deserved that gold in the 200. And I can't believe he squeaked the Canadians' men team in the 4x100 relay. Like, I mean, we didn't botch up the baton ba- ta- pass as hard as the USA did because they're not even making it to the finals, but we were in fifth place, Matt. Fifth place, I want to say before DeGrasse comes out in that final stretch. And I thought he was going to catch the Chinese guy. The fact that they tied going over, like, absolute legend of running right now.
0: Man, you're 100% right that he's a legend. Because even in that 200-meter final where he wins the gold, there's about 20, 30 meters left where he's neck and neck with those USA athletes. And he just pulls it out at the end. Oh, my God, it was spectacular to watch. It's given me goosebumps just thinking about it. Uh, so proud to see finally some Canadian men winning some medals, uh, trying to keep up with our, our women counterpart because they have been absolutely crushing it, like we mentioned. But I think that's basically it for me for the Olympics, Kevin. What about you?
1: I mean, besides the fact that I didn't mention that sport climbing has debuted at this year's Olympics, and it's been happening at like 2, 3 a.m., and I've been so sad because I've been like trying to get up for certain things. As a climber, as somebody who loves the sport, it's amazing to see these athletes who have trained on rock, who have trained on sport walls, who have trained on all of these different places, finally get a chance to fight for their Olympic these I'm pretty sure the finals of bouldering are happening like as we speak. Uh, and, and it's incredible. I love that the Olympic committee is willing to take a chance on all of these new sports. And that's, that's what I really appreciate because you see all these young athletes, you see all of these young people who are tuning into these sports that they care about because it's their thing, it's their sport, right? And the Olympics are supposed to be a collection, a combination of the greatest athletes, the greatest love of sport coming together to be seen at the highest peak. And to be able to see all these new sports to get the young generations involved, I love to see it personally.
0: Dude, I think um, you've got to embrace change. It's something that life's taught me, It's, it's embracing change and uh you know new isn't always better but it does bring some some added elements and i think you're 100 percent right it's definitely getting the younger generation more involved with the more extreme sports like skateboarding um you know surfing is in the olympics this year for the first time so you gotta love all of that um yeah it's it's wonderful to see my friend
1: now obviously we didn't talk about basketball at the olympics but we'll We'll roll back to that because I know Matt was sad that we didn't get to talk enough hockey last week. There's so many interesting things going on, teams flying around, swords being stabbed in backs. Matt, it's all you.
0: Well, man, we talked a little bit about hockey last week, so I'm not going to rehash a lot of what we what we discussed. Um, You know, free agent frenzy had just started, and that's really what the NHL is: is that first day, big signings, money's being spent like out crazy and then really after day one it just goes downhill it's not like the NBA where you've got that that long drawn out suspense and multiple days of, of sign and trades and, and free agency frenzy which we'll, we'll discuss a little bit later. I did like to see that Marc-Andre Fleury is, is going to play for Chicago. I think that was a really smart decision on his part because with the fact that they've got Seth Jones now coming to that team um, they let Duncan Keith go who Yes, he's a big name, but he's probably towards the latter end of his career. I mean, he's thirty-eight years old. He's not the player he once was. And replacing him with a guy like Seth Jones is probably the right idea. They're getting Jonathan Taves back from injury. He had a, um, he had I forget what they called it, but it's just where his body would shut down with with anything yeah. to do with stress. I and remember so, reading about it. Yeah, so it's glad to hear that uh, that he's coming back. That he's. Fully healthy and that he's recovered from that. They've already got um, Patrick Kane, so they're going to be a pretty pretty underrated team, I think. Um, and they'll they'll probably make some noise. And if Flurry can you know be a Vesna Vesna candidate and and show out in the playoffs, they get to the Stanley Cup final. It wouldn't surprise me, man. I mean, I would love another redemption arc for Flurry with the way that his
1: career has kind of been thrown off the rails recently, while still showing how you know fantastic of a player he is so you know if they could all come back if if Chicago could figure it out it would be pretty exciting
0: dude flurry's career is wild he was the first overall draft pick in his draft year and then he goes on to win uh to two Stanley Cup finals before the age of like 25 um, and then he wins back-to-back Stanley Cup Finals, but gets replaced by a guy and shipped out of town. He then goes to that brand new franchise, takes them to the Stanley Cup Final in their first year of existence, wins the Vesna Trophy, doesn't get doesn't gets replaced again by Robin Lehner, and now he's moved for like a prospect that nobody knows. Like he is a. D level prospect that got traded for the Vesna yeah. trophy winner, and you know what, man? If he went out with a, a Stanley Cup in Chicago, and Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves went down as like the greatest players to win Stanley Cups of this generation, like of the last ten years, I wouldn't be too mad. I think it's a it's a pretty fitting story. Um, it's definitely something that I'm going to keep my eye on for next year. Um, and speaking of a Kane, man. We got to talk about Evander Kane in the NHL. His wife has accused him of betting on his own games. I won't comment on the personal stuff because that stuff's pretty bad as well. Um, is this just an ex-wife taking shots at him? Or, I, or is there some validity here, man? I mean, the guy did file for bankruptcy last year.
1: It, it's hard, right? You were mentioning the guy's followed by controversy. But something, something's got to be going on. You don't have a whole locker room you know, kind of turn against you. And at at the end of the day, this is a team sport, right? Like the boys have to come together to try to lift that trophy at the end of this season. So as much as I want to believe in, in the goodness of humanity and that it could just be him getting spurred at the end of the day, the whole locker room situation, that's what gets me the most worried.
0: Yeah. The fact that nobody wants him back on that team, the fact that he's going to be paid I think it's like a $12 million signing bonus or something. He has a $7 million a year cap hit um, for the next like three or four years. He was, he's a fantastic player. He's just done some, some bad things with his money. He's not invested it wisely. And uh, I guess he's run with the wrong crowd, but yeah, man, that's, that's really tough to see that, that none of his teammates want him back and that his his hockey career is is likely over at this point. They might have to just buy him out and, and eat it. They're a bad team anyways, so they're gonna be at the bottom.
1: Guy probably just owes his entire teammates just like poker debts. Like, just, <laughs> he's probably just like millions of dollars to
0: his teammates in poker
1: debts at this point. So they're just like, get him out of here. We're tired of him being part of our Friday night poker nights. He just shows up, we don't even invite him anymore. Like, anything is possible, <laughs> right, Matt?
0: Yeah, anything is possible. But I don't think we need to slander the guy more than he's already been slandered. Let's just move on to some some more interesting, you know, positive topics. Like, the NBA, my friend, it's been a wild, wild week because of free agency. Glad we have it.
1: I don't even know where to begin. Right, Matt? Like, we could do winners and losers, but, like, I feel like there's too many winners and also, like, too many losers. We talked about, I guess, the Westbrook trade last week because that was, like, the big start of it. But hasn't mm. it expanded, Matt? Isn't it, like, a huge, massive deal now? Like, there's a five-team deal with Spencer Dinwiddie. Like, there's been a lot of movement in the first couple of days of free agency.
0: So much movement has been happening, man. The NBA is just crazy when it comes to player movement and reshaping rosters. I, I think it's because it's built such around such a small core, right? Mm. In the NHL, you need, like, six or seven guys to be a core that's most of an nba roster in the playoffs that's that's who you're playing right you only need really two three players as a core in the nba you need like like lebron ad westbrook and then they they fill out around man i think they've been doing some some pretty crazy things the lakers have is it desperation i don't know it's a fun place. Like I, I kind of love looking at this Lakers
1: squad because we talked about their shooting needs, right? How they were having shooting struggles. Carmelo Anthony has redesigned himself as a shooter in the modern age and getting to come and play with this team on the minimum is kind of insane for him, but will be super cool. I love that they brought Dwight Howard back. I thought he worked great in this rotation. Trevor Ariza can shoot. They brought Malik Monk in. I mean, they got Kendrick Nunn, like if he can be more of a shooter, come off and of play, you know, nine ninth-roll minutes, Talon Horton Tucker's returning on a three-year deal. Like, the, the Lakers are weird, Matt, but I, I kind of believe in them. Like, I think that they have a good chance. Like, Westbrook solves their ball-handling issues because Westbrook has never... I mean, I guess he has had teammates like this. He's played with Harden, you know, at, at this point. But LeBron, AD, Westbrook, Carmelo, Dwight... You know, like I was sad they let Caruso walk, but they made some great decisions.
0: Kevin, I think one of the the biggest misses that you mentioned there, because you mentioned a lot of guys, and and they did add a lot, right? Like I agree with with Dwight Howard. He worked so well in that championship run. I was really surprised they didn't bring him back last year. So glad to see him there. I think Kendrick Nunn is going to work perfectly in that system, um, coming off the bench. They definitely solved their ball handling issue with Russell Westbrook. It also alleviates LeBron James from having to play every game or even, you know, fully in, into games. Like he'll only have to play around 30 minutes for them to win. Uh Westbrook is gonna give them triple doubles. He's gonna give them, you know, extra leadership and, and extra scoring off off uh, off that position. But man, Wayne Ellington. Uh, I yeah. know this is sneaky underrated shooter. You LeBron needs shooters. Mm-hmm. The Lakers need shooters because, you know, AD, LeBron and Westbrook not shooters. And they signed Wayne Ellington last year who had 42.2% from 3, wow. who's a 38% career three-point shooter. I think that was I think that was sneaky underrated and I think he might be one of the most important pieces on that team if they make a deep playoff run. I mean, which they're definitely capable of doing.
1: We're going to we're going to talk about some way too early rankings obviously because everybody loves doing their way too early rankings, but that will be later, but Matt, you got me there. I definitely missed a very important potential piece. The Lakers are always going to be the Lakers though, right? Like they're a team that they load up, right? Like they they empty, at the end of the season they empty their chamber of dead bullets that they don't care for and they figure out where in the rest of the league they can just let me just pick up that bullet and right in here. Let me let me load that and They're looking strong, but Matt, talk to me about another team that you think in this free agency that went big, that really decided that we're going all in, and that really surprised you at the end of the day.
0: Well, man, Miami is really the only other team that went as big as the Lakers. I mean, re-signing Jimmy Butler to a four-year, $184 million contract, which I think is is a mistake the guy is going to be pushing 36 by the time the contract's over. I don't necessarily know if if his game is going to age well. You want to interject here Kevin.
1: Well, I just want to say that I remember a few years ago that Jimmy was like, "Yeah, I'm not going to be playing this game like too far into my late 30s." Like this could be the last contract that Jimmy Butler signs of him like making money at this point. And if he decides he's done with basketball in a few years, that's the sense of the story, but the guy got the bag. That's all I wanted to mention, Matt.
0: Yes, he got the bag. And, you know, you bring that up that he might it might be his last contract. You still have to be weary if you're a Heat fan. Because he is on the wrong side of 30. You gave him $184 million. That is over $40 million a season to play basketball as your primary weapon. Because, I, I mean, you gave $30 million to a what, 35-year-old Kyle Lowry? Yeah. Like, I don't know if what they did is actually going to help them move the needle. I like the Marquise Morris signing. I think he was a, a good piece for the Lakers the past couple years. I think the Dwayne Dedman signing's good. I like him as a player, keeping Victor Oladipo and P.J. Tucker all good. It's just, I don't think Kyle, Bam, and butler really elevate them into a championship category you've got the bucks you've got the nets i still rank philly over top of them um people might argue chicago rough i just to me i love kyle lowry it's just he doesn't he's not the same player that he was his game it's aged well for somebody who's not super athletic, who's six feet tall, and who puts his body on the line. So that's the only thing that that makes me nervous. He missed a lot of time last year with injury. So is he going to miss a lot of time this year? And Goran Drogic was good for them in their run to the finals. I think he was one of their, I think, the second leading scorer on that team. Yep. So
1: uh, uh, it's an interesting situation because like, I was really big on... Kyle going to Miami mostly because, you know, uh, I'm an anti-Philadelphia fan over here. I don't want them to get better and have <laughs> Kyle. And I think that him and Jimmy, because they're such good friends, will work together. I'm really excited. I mentioned to you, at Matt, a couple days ago about the Kyle Bam pick and roll because of how dangerous Kyle's spot-up shooting. Like, he ain't a spot-up spot shooter, but, um, like, the the way that it will allow Bam to roll to the basket... I love that they picked up P.J. Tucker. He's so versatile. He keeps joining all these teams that just keep somehow ending up in the championships or in the conference finals. So it's like, you know, that's your that's the coin flip card there. The Duncan Robinson extension, hopefully he continues to be a fantastic shooter and can, you know, grow into his own as he gets older. Kitting Oladipo on a vet's minimum, kind of insane where Oladipo is, you know, what that injury did. Like, I'm still, we witnessed that injury live because that was during our, our championship run, I'm pretty sure, right? Like, mm-hmm. or, or the year before, like, I watched his, like, Ben watching that game. So, it's, like, it's painful to see how far that he has fallen. But I do like this team, Matt. I'm high on the Miami Heat. I love that it's, like, LeBron's ex-teams that are, like, or like LeBron's current team and LeBron's old big, like, money-spending teams that are picking everybody up. But, like, Matt, where does Miami get all this money from? Like, I'm trying to figure out, like, looking at the books, how any of this works, like, are they going to just be like $40, $50 million over the salary cap in a year or two? Like I have no pay idea. pay the tax, man.
0: Yeah, they're going to pay the tax. Um, I think with Duncan Robinson, they obviously own his bird rights. Yeah. I think maybe they traded for Jimmy's as well, which allows you to go over the salary cap with those guys. Um, maybe they traded for Kyle's in this. I mean, the deal is kind of still being finalized out there. We're apparently getting future considerations on a pick plus uh Drogic and Chiwa. so I'm pretty pumped about Precious. I wanted him in the last draft. Yeah, you did. So I think he he starts to help kind of fix our our front court center issues. Um, but yeah, man, I don't I don't know if if Miami's going to do anything. Um, I still have the Nets, like I said, the Nets and the Bucks over them. Uh, so I think they spent a lot of money. They definitely upgraded their roster. I just don't think it's going to result in a finals appearance i think that in the next five years they don't make one finals i will i'll put that out there
1: uh okay well i'm gonna see them definitely making it to uh, an eastern conference finals but with the way the east has been stacking up in the past few days matt you, you have almost the right to make that statement because some of these teams have been picking up players the east is almost the deeper of the two conferences right now. We haven't seen this in a very long time. Like, if you're ready to move on from Miami, I'm ready because I want to talk about Chicago. I want to talk about the Knicks. Like, even the Hawks have done good things to bring, you know, their their right guys back. And, you know, I'm kind of glad that we might be doing a little baby tank because I don't know – if we would have been as competitive as we could be if we had taken sucks. That's also another conversation for another time. Matt, I have to start with Chicago. Our boy, DeMar. Debo getting paid, getting the money he deserves. I know nobody watches San Antonio games right now because they've been out of the playoffs, and unless you're a San Antonio fan, I'm sorry, San Antonio. Nobody's watching your games. But DeMar has redefined himself. He is passing at at a level he has never had before in his career. And, you know... For Chicago to go out and prove to Levine that they're willing to spend the money, fantastic.
0: Yeah, and you're right about DeMar's increased playmaking ability, man. He was, I think, 11th in the entire NBA in terms of assists per game last year. He spent up um, seven
1: or so assists, man. Unheard of as a Raptor, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. That's one of the things that we maligned him about as a as his time as a Raptor, is that he could put the ball in the bucket but never really set anybody else up. Um, glad to see him get the bag. Um, and you're right, they really proved to to Zach Levine that they are going to spend. And their starting five, when you look at DeMar, when you look at Lonzo, when you look at um, Levine and Vooch, and then you throw in Patrick Williams, their fourth overall draft pick from last year, it's scary.
1: They. It's weird, right? Because on paper, it is scary. And they've got the Caruso um, in the backup. They signed Daniel Tice, apparently, and they paid him a lot of yeah. money, which... Could be good or bad, we'll see. You know, we've seen what happens when you pay a center money and they don't work out.
0: Um, but honestly, they traded him, eh? <laughs> who? They traded Daniel Tice today.
1: Oh, did they actually? Well, then ignore me. It doesn't Houston. matter what I'm saying. Okay, well, good for you, Houston. You got another big, tall guy, I guess. Um, but Chicago, 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 I'm slightly scared for you because you, ha- you are in a Clippers situation from two years ago almost because you traded everything. You have, you, like, one draft pick. I think of your own between now and 2027. And you use those draft picks on Vucevic and DeMar DeRozan. And as much as I love DeMar and I like Vucevic, he's a fantastic center. There are guys on the wrong side of 30. You know, you did get the young signing in Lonzo, but in two years in the East that we've seen, if the chemistry isn't there, we already saw with Vuce and Levine that it maybe wasn't there, but that was such a small sample size. Like, You've traded everything of your future for some hard playoff outs in the first and the second round. Which, for Chicago fans who haven't seen playoffs in a long time, who want you know D. Rose, Michael Jordan esque basketball to return to the city, this is Levine getting his team right. So you can't be upset as a Chicago fan right now.
0: You you can't be upset, but you can be a little <sighs> nervous that they definitely traded. The next three years of being a competitive squad, probably in the top 10 of the NBA in terms of what you're producing on the court, but never actually achieving that elusive championship. But, I mean, for a franchise that hasn't been to the playoffs in a while, that's been struggling, it's nice to have that, right? Like, it's nice to get into the playoffs. It's nice to make some noise. I know as a Raptor fan, even when we just had the Demar and Kyle era, Losing was tough and getting swept by those LeBron teams sucked, but it was always <laughs> nice to be like, at least we're going to do well in the season and we're going to make the playoffs. We always knew that with that squad. So it, it's good to see, and Chicago's definitely done that for themselves. I just, I don't know if they're going to be able to make that next, that that step into the championship caliber rosters. And I, I think they they did kind of what Miami did, right? Like, you're going to be really good, but you're not going to, you're not going to win a championship. Sorry on,
1: on, on that Miami comment. It's almost funny because I kind of see their ceiling as having that, you know, Miami heat esque run that we saw last year in, in the bubble, right? Like that could be their potential ceiling for a playoff run. But if you, if, if you can somehow get through the East of juggernauts, right? This team going up against a healthy Lakers squad this team going up against a fully healthy jazz or even Denver squad, right? Yeah. If Golden state comes back, right? Like I think even Luca could probably potentially beat this team if he's actually putting up triple doubles, which like I'm going to talk about in a little bit. Like, man, it, it, I, I'm happy for Debo getting his bag. I uh, we will have to talk about the Pelicans next if you want, because I can't believe they let Lonzo ball walk for very, very, very little, if anything. And, yeah, the Chicago Bills are a relevant team again, but are they relevant enough to matter? Maybe Eastern Conference Finals relevancy, but after that, I just
0: don't know. Man, if you want to mention the the, the Pelicans, I mean, letting Lonzo go for Saturansky, Garrett Temple in a second-round pick, when you know Zion Williamson is not happy with your organization and likes Lonzo, likes the fact that they all kind of fit in the same timeline... Um, would be he? They are the perfect lob partners for each other. I don't know why you would do that. I understand that you want to run the the ball through Zion a little bit more as like a point forward. It just it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. They did get Devonte Graham though, uh, yeah, I like. which I think is a, a sneaky good pickup for them. Four years, forty seven million dollars. Um, he'll definitely replace kind of what Lonzo did. Maybe not as defensively stout because he's not as lengthy and he probably hits the three at a similar rate uh, depending on how they shoot next year we'll see um but definitely a cheaper option for them i just they went with a cheaper option that could affect how their number one star views them and that could be backfire waiting to happen man
1: they're a weird organization at this point like i hope jv has a good time there i hope him and Zion are are having, like, an amazing lob city or big boy time, shooting threes, doing whatever they want. But, yeah, Pelicans, I just don't know. Like, I like Devontae Graham. He's great. He was doing good things in Charlotte. Maybe this gives him an opportunity to come out, be the main ball handler, take over, love playing with Zion, become a lob threat. Like, I don't know. At the end of the day, though, Pelicans, come on. You you let the AD fiasco happen, and we're watching it again with dion williamson how many times do we have to talk about his dunking how many times do we have to talk about how shack level elite this guy is like he's gonna be a laker in four years or a clipper or something stupid at this rate matt and i don't want that for him
0: yo Stephen a has it his way he's going to the knicks man oh okay well let's Stephen talk a about loving him. the knicks
1: let's talk about the knicks next because they i guess made some moves you know derrick rose he's back New Orleans Noel, he's back. Alex Burks, Taj Gibson. Good. They signed Good. Fournier, who's been lights out in the Olympics. I'm going to talk about him later. The Kemba Walker situation with OKC, like, OKC's got to be paying him, like, he has to drop, like, $30 million off of that contract. They're paying him so much money because he signed, like, an $8 million deal. He took the mid-level exception with the Knicks. Obviously, you had to pay Randall, so... The Knicks are, um, once again, a
0: tough first or second round out, and maybe not even a tough out if they don't come together. Honestly, they were a surprising team last year, right? Nobody thought that Julius Randle was going to take the step that he did. Um, He was a fringe MVP caliber player, which is absolutely wild to say. It disappeared in the playoffs for sure. Yep. Um, everybody knows that he's going left and and that he's going to be bottled up that way and he can't create his own shot the same way that a guy like Kemba can. So I like the pickup that way, the fact that it's going to make, give them a ball handler who can create his own shot, who maybe Derrick Rose's peak was a lot higher, but he, I think Kemba Walker is a, is a better player today, though he does have more of an injury concern today than Derrick Rose does. Um so he's gotta stay healthy, he's gotta be out on the floor. Again, they're they're doing the right thing. They're they're lucky that they have a good young nucleus uh with RJ Barrett and Emmanuel Quickly and Kevin Knox. If I think they should keep him and let him build because like we mentioned it last week that guys like Kyle Lowry Um, and some other players in the NBA don't really break out until they're 24, 25, 26. Mm -hmm. I mean, when Kyle came to us as a 26-year-old, we traded him, got him for almost nothing. It was a steal. And he ends up being our our franchise player for the next nine seasons. So you never know with those kinds of players, especially when they do have lottery pedigree. Um, I like what they're doing. I think it, it helps them. In the immediate future and then we'll see what it does to their long-term future because when you make yourself competitive when you make yourself you know a top 20 pick as opposed to a top 10 pick it's hard to keep building towards that future especially in the nba so i like what they did but we'll see where it kind of leads them in the next few years because at the end of the day julius Randle, derrick rose evan fournier and kevin walker they're not getting you to a championship.
1: It's a lot of good good guys, right? Like, hopefully this means we'll get to see playoff basketball in the garden. I think having Rose and Walker allow you to have two guys that can hopefully play 20 good, solid minutes for you. And if quickly can develop, he can come in and start taking over those minutes. Kemba's going to have a good rehabilitation situation, right? And, you know, he wanted out of OKC. Like, he didn't want to play in OKC at that point. Uh, I'm pretty sure that Presti didn't get a pick back for Kemba, so come on, like, step your game up, Presti. Like, this is disappointing. This isn't what we want as fans. Like, you're supposed to get picks for everything. But, yeah, it's the Knicks, man. (laughs) It's the Knicks. Like, if they surprise again this year, cool. I have them in the play-in tournament. But
0: time will tell for this team. Yeah, I definitely have them kind of on the fringe of the playoffs here. Um, They might be a little bit better depending on if the cohesion goes well. They're definitely well-coached with Tom Thibodeau. But yeah, man, Kemba Walker is not going to move the needle. He didn't move it in Boston. They had just gone to an Eastern Conference Finals. And if anything, he made that team worse. Um, Kyrie made them worse. Like, it's... It's interesting to see that um kind of happen to, to Kemba and, and hopefully he can rehabilitate his value in New York because definitely not a type of player that that would you would you would think would be bought out. Like he also has some pretty great moments at Madison Square Garden from his days at Yukon, leading that team to a national championship. So it's good for him. I I'm sure he's gonna love it. Um, so that's really nice, but I, I, again, I don't see them being a championship level roster, just like I don't necessarily think Golden State's going to win a championship with Steph Curry signing that max deal. Like, yes, he's the only player in NBA history to sign two $200 million contracts, but I mean, LeBron could have done it if he had ever gone for actual term, you know, he does the one at once
1: signing the short deals and making as much money as he can bit by bit by bit by bit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I think we should probably roll into our early rankings and we could mention a couple other big contracts and signings um, as we Definitely. talk about them. Um, you know, you mentioned Golden State, so we may as well start in the West. I think it's the East is a little bit more concrete because of how deep it is and the way you can kind of build the tiers a little bit smaller. But in the West, my top four, the top four teams that I can see, For me, at least, you know, remember, there are injuries that we will mention as we get down there are the Suns, the Jazz, Golden State and the Lakers. As long as it all comes together for the Lakers, as long as Golden State can be healthy and Clay comes back strong. If the Jazz can continue their run, obviously they've re-signed, you know, Conley. So they're ready to keep going and building on what they've been doing. And the Suns brought Chris Paul back like they're still young minus Chris Paul. So that would be my top four. Those are the teams that I still think can be dominant and can show themselves if it all comes together for them.
0: Yeah, I, I think Denver might also be kind of pushing right up into that that tier as well. Um, and I agree with you that that's kind of where the West gets um, tricky is because there's no clear-cut favorite. You have a bunch of deep squads. We've been talking about the East maybe being a deeper division. I mean, Not necessarily at the top in terms of what the West provides, like Utah, like you mentioned, uh, was the number one team in the NBA this year. They added Rudy Gay, they kept Mike Conley, and they added Hassan Whiteside. I think all good pickups. The Lakers, we already talked about what they did. They got LeBron AD Brody, that's going to be enough for them. Uh, the Suns. I love the CP3 signing. I thought he was going to leave them, but thankfully he stayed because he's going to, you know, mentor that core again. They went to the finals this year. They've got to be a top four team. Cameron Payne is back on a three-year deal,
1: and he was immensely important. You mentioned earlier, Matt, they're bringing JaVale McGee in, and like I still think yep. that you know we looked at how Aiton got kind of um, you know abused ever since. Ever since what's his name went down in the finals, when they're missing up their backup center, Saric. Yeah, Saric. Right. So, I still think that if Saric doesn't go down, it's I still think the the Bucks pulled through because Giannis is absolutely unreal. But uh, important signing for the Suns to stay relevant.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and thank you for bringing up Javale McGee, man, because he definitely gives them a better backup center option uh, than Kaminsky was. Um, adds to that rotation. I think GS is, is there, too. They're going to get Clayback, back, but we haven't seen him play basketball in two full years now, which is Creepy. pretty wild. Yeah. Um, they've still got Andrew Wiggins, er, um, Wiseman. They, they're they getting Curry at, at an MVP level. We'll see if he can continue that that crazy stretch run. I think they need to move off of Draymond Green. Um, that's just my personal opinion. <laughs> they, they also took um, Moses Moody, and I can't remember their other pick in the draft Kamiga. early. Kamiga, yeah,
1: they took... To long-term prospects, so either they realize they're not long-term prospects, or they're great trade assets to somebody who has a disgruntled veteran at the trade deadline that lets them push over the edge, right? Yeah. To, to flip yeah. it again, to talk about Denver, right? I don't know when Jamal Murray's coming back off his injury. It's the same reason why I have the Clippers all the way down in the player in the play-in tournament because Kawhi is potentially gone for another eight months, right? Like injuries are going to affect it at the end of the day.
0: Mur- Murray's going to come back sometime mid-season though, so I still think the Joker and, and Michael Porter Jr. and what they have surrounding them will will be enough to kind of keep them in that five range, yeah. five to four. And then when they get Murray back, they might be able to push up a little bit higher. Um, but I, I agree with you about the Clippers, man. I mean, we were making the rankings and you had to remind me that you know Kawhi's not playing again for the whole season. It's crazy to think the guy opted out is not going to play basketball gonna get paid $36 million to rehab an injury and then sign like a super max contract with somebody. Um, Pretty, pretty impressive stuff for him and being able to do that and and work that out. But I think they, they kind of fall into the the Dallas, the Portland, the Pelicans, the Memphis kind of range. Um, I think Portland, depending on if they keep Damian Lillard, they might not even be in that range. So it kind of gets it kind of gets a little bit less frightening down at the the 678 whereas yeah. in like you Chicago, the Celtics, the Knicks, the Charlotte Hornets like all are in the 678 range for the east. Like I think they would all be better teams than than yep. these western conference teams. But yeah, man, definitely at the top, I think I don't think the Lakers are going to be a top regular season team, but they're definitely going to be the favorites coming out again can... like they were this year.
1: I can see the Lakers being a 4-5, like just sneaking in home court at the beginning, but having the strength and the dominance through their players. I will mention that I think that Dallas is a step above only because of Luka Doncic. I'm going to talk about him like three, four minutes now because the kid has been unreal and I'm still sad about, yeah, Matt, we definitely going long today because I want to chat about more things. But the last thing I'll say about the West is, you know, Spurs, you're missing out again. Kings, Kings oh, gosh, Kings, you should have traded Buddy Hill two years ago when I told you to. Wolves, not a relevant team, unfortunately, unless they figured out the Thunders are still rebuilding, the Rockets are still rebuilding. So, yeah, you've kind of got that solid 10 teams that we know about that are going to make it, but there's a lot of surprises that can come out of the West. Matt, that's the beauty of the West. There's so many stars. There's so many studs. A Damian Lillard trade might happen. You remember when we were talking about our rankings last year and we didn't know where Harden was going to go? Like, I mean, we we knew, but we didn't know. But... Rolling into the East, Matt. The top two. It's easy. It's simple. It's Nets and Bucks. It's the it's the championship final that we saw in the second round. It's the same way that the Raptors went through to win their championship. Giannis went through. He was able to beat that Nets team in seven. Now, Kyrie injury, Harden injury, Durant size, seventeen thousand foot two. <laughs> like so many things made it. So the Bucks went through. But these two teams are the top tier, no doubt in my mind.
0: Yeah, absolutely top tier. And then you got I think Philly kind of nudging in, depending on what they do with Ben Simmons. Um, if they bring him back, I still think they're they're in that kinda on the fringe of that tier. Whereas like the Heat, Atlanta, Chicago, and the Celtics all kind of wrap into one for me. Heat being at the top of the list. I just I don't see them breaking out of it really. Um, and then at the bottom you've got like Charlotte, the Raptors, the Knicks, um, you know, like Indiana Pacers. Uh there's some good teams out there. I just you think Detroit's gonna take a step. I like Cade Cunningham. I don't know if he's that good though. Uh,
1: uh it would be wild.
0: I have them in my like fourth bracket, right? Because like Wizards,
1: Cavs, and Magic are my like bottom of the barrel. They're not gonna show up, they're not gonna be relevant, sorry, to those teams. But I have this the Pistons maybe sneaking in, maybe if the piston maybe if the uh, Pacers and the Hornets disappoint. Maybe if the Knicks fall apart. Maybe if the Celtics implode, which won't happen. Maybe if the Rappers are truly tanking as much as they are. Cade could be generational. Right? Like, there's a reason we wanted to fade for him. But uh, yeah, I don't know, Matt. I think the East is deep, but it's still relatively predictable.
0: I have a question for you, though. If we keep Goran Dragic, and we still run out with like, Drogic, Van Vliet, OG pascal and maybe a chiwa maybe boucher and then we've got like a bench with like scotty barnes malachi flynn um who else uh on our team that I, that i forgot to mention here I'm pretty sure you well a chiwa boucher well, would be one of the other guys
1: utah don't forget about oh, utah, utah
0: so yeah, I mean Ronde hollis Jefferson's out there too, so if we want some added hustle, we could go get that guy. Um and there's some like decent players out there, like maybe like a, a Reggie Jackson could come to our our squad. Um I don't know if it's necessarily tanking because at the end of the day, oh, we're Pascal tanking. was has still been our number one option like the last 3 years since or 2 years since Kawhi left. Fred Van Vliet obviously a 20 point per game score, one of the most elite defensive guards in the NBA. I don't, I, I don't see it as a tank. I see us as a fringe playoff team. Just, we don't have necessarily the established stars or the big names or all stars that these other teams have, but I don't know if that's necessarily the worst thing because the NBA is definitely in a position of transition. They are moving off of the old guard, the CP3s, the Howards, the the LeBrons, the Mellows, the these guys that we've watched for so long. And now there's gonna be a new wave of exciting young players. And so if we can, you know, have some of those exciting young players, you know, maybe OG as the third or fourth option on our team gets gets more uh playing time and more offense. Gary Trent Jr. coming back to our team. I forgot to mention him, but I'm super excited about that. Great
1: one. contract, like 17 Three million. Three years, here.
0: 54 million. Yeah. yeah easily give that to a, all day, every day. Like, and if Scotty Barnes can not necessarily make a huge impact on our roster, but be a defensive stopper off the bench, um, you know, contribute some some easy buckets in transition. I think we've got a better roster than a lot of the NBA thinks that we do. And it could just be a a little reset. And hopefully Barnes turns out to be the player that we all hope he is a Kawhi level LeBron level player. Yeah. Um, but you know, time will tell.
1: We're, we're teetering on the edge of a rebuild versus a retool because we have not old, but youngish established starters, we have a lot of potential. We have what the future NBA needs in wing depth that has strong defensive, like core principles, and we signed a bunch of um, coaches to teach these guys how to shoot. Like we have a great shooting staff. I'm pretty sure I can't remember all the names, but you know, you know, we'll talk. We'll roll into Rapper's chat real quick here, obviously, and then I'll talk about the Olympics before we take it out. But you know, we're in a weird place. You know, Kyle is going to be missed. This is the end of an era. I hear people saying that, you know, the We the North era is done. They need to come with a new slogan. No, no. The Kyle Lowry era is done. The We the North era is still going strong. You know, obviously, we get to say goodbye to Tank Commander Baines. Thank you for getting us, Scotty Barnes. We appreciate you. Uh, Aaron Baines fan club puts a curse on the organization. Sorry, fan club. I don't believe in you. You're just a Twitter fan page. But, like... You know, I have a lot of faith in Gary Trent Jr. for his shooting. I hope OG can take a step. I hope Scotty Barnes can be the ball handling big that we potentially want. You know, we could have had Pascal. His ball handling isn't great, but if he could shoot, right? Like, we have a ton of options, a ton of potential. And I think of all of the teams in the East, except for maybe the Bulls, we have the widest range of where we could sit at the end of the season.
0: Yeah, I think... I I don't... I think we have a wide range of the fact that we could end up at like seventh or maybe like even at the highest sixth. But we could definitely end up last if a lot of things go wrong, if if injuries strike, if if we're not playing well. If we're not in Uh,
1: Toronto. like
0: Yeah. Oh, 100%. So it's a lot up in the air for our Raptors squad. But hey, man, got to roll with the times. Got to love the fact that we added a high upside prospect in Scotty Barnes. I'm I'm coming around more to it. I know we were absolutely shocked last week recording it <laughs> yeah. live when Jalen Suggs was not the pick. Um I I think Scotty Barnes, yes, he's only like a couple months younger, but he has way more upside in terms of what the NBA is and what dominates. Long athletic wings dominate the game. We talk about the best players in the world, and for the last fifteen, twenty years, it's always been a small forward. It's been a LeBron James. It's yep. been a Kevin Durant. It's been a guy like Kobe Bryant, who is six six and long. So you add a guy at six eight, six nine, Scottie Barnes, who, in his pre-draft workout videos, looks like he can hit a three. It looks like his jumper is not broken. Well,
1: so he, he apparently killed it in his workout, and they loved his attitude. And they didn't love Suggs, apparently, in the same way. So, like, I mean, from all of the content that I've seen from Scotty Barnes, the kid is amped to be in Toronto. He knows the slang. Like, he loved the teams. He was partying with Drake. Like, the guy is so amped to be a Toronto Raptor. And if if it's just that, it's all I get. is just that hype mentality, the the want to come in. How often do we have guys that want to come in and are like, oh, yeah, Toronto. Like, I'm pumped to be in Canada, so... If, if that's all we get to start with, like, I'm happy.
0: Absolutely, man. His draft reaction was perfect. I loved how excited he was. Um, so you got to love that coming into the franchise. And again, he, he could be a future star. Whereas Jalen Suggs' ceiling, I don't think is a top 10 NBA player. It might be a top five NBA guard, like, at his position at point guard. Yeah. But it, it's not... Player, whereas Barnes definitely has that potential if he can unlock it. And when people people drafted Yanni, they did not see a, a future top three player, but he unlocked it. So we just gotta hope that Scotty Barnes does it as well. Because I like it, man. I like having Siakam, OG, and Barnes as our three forwards. Like that is really great company to have in terms of what they all provide and and the potential I still think we'll probably flip Siakam for some some guard assets but hey that's just me um we'll see what Masai (laughs) does and Bobby Webster does but I'm pretty excited about it yeah we started already
1: we also have the replacement now that Stanley Johnson's gone so we have somebody else who we think is OG Ananobi running down off on the fast (laughs) break but uh yeah, Matt, that's enough Raptors chat for me. I'm just really briefly going to talk about how epic the Olympics have been, and then we can roll on out of here because basketball at the Olympics has been fantastic. Luka and the Slovenia team, like, I'm so sad that they lost to France this morning. Batum, amazing block. Luka had some type of hand injury. You know, he smacked some plexiglass in the middle of that game. The guy put up the first triple double in Olympic basketball since, I think, LeBron James did it in 2012. Like, it's super exciting. I love that the Australia team, my boy Matisse Stiebel, is going you know, to have to fight for a medal. I'm sad that it's going to be them versus Slovenia because the U.S. came out swinging last night. Like, I thought that Australia, they had it in the first quarter, and then Kevin Durant, oh, my, Kevin Durant deserves a gold medal at this point with the way that he has played. He's obviously still upset that Milwaukee walks through them, but, you know, the semi the semifinals were great, you know, I was sad that Argentina didn't get to go on, you know, um, Luis Scola retiring. we got to talk about Spain, Mark and Powell retiring. Like, it's the end of an era for some Olympic basketball teams. But Luca and Slovenia, man, I hope they pull out that bronze medal win because, Matt, we're going to talk about it for a while, but he's a Hall of Famer almost potentially already with what he has done. The fact that he put up 18 assists last night, this morning, like, oh, it's crazy, Matt. I could talk about it for days, but... You know, France-USA tomorrow, I'm excited for it. I hope the USA wins. I hope Kevin Durant puts up, like, 60. But, Matt, that's it for me on the Olympic basketball.
0: Hey, man, the Olympic basketball has been fabulous, as you've been saying. I like that there have been upsets against the United States, but they've actually come back, though, to get to the gold medal game. And Luca, man, Slovenia is going to be a nightmare for teams for the foreseeable future. This was the first time he's lost in international competition with Slovenia take that in that is wild
1: 17 and 1 and Matt the fact that he put up a triple double in a do or die game to get to the Olympics and qualifiers and he puts one what, up, up and now he's doing like I'm I'm so pumped you know like I I wanted Australia and Slovenia in the finals I wanted that but you mentioned it. You know The U.S. has lost one game, and that was to France, and now they're going to have redemption in the finals for an opportunity to come back. Their chemistry is coming together. Steve Kerr is taking a little bit more control when Greg Popovich is kind of like, oh, the players don't want to listen to me. Like, Time will tell. I'm excited to watch it tomorrow night, Matt. But uh, Olympic basketball, it's going to be weird when it's over because then it's truly, truly the off season. Oh, the offseason.
0: No. All right, Matt. Prediction time?
1: Yeah, I'm in. You go first.
0: Hi, right, man. Well, that Raptors team that we call the friends of the playoffs, I have them sneaking in, man. I think our roster is good. I think that we fixed some of our center issues with having a Chiwa and and Baines, and I'm pretty sure that we're going to bring back uh, Birch. So we're pretty good. I think we're going we to make even, the playoffs.
1: We didn't even mention Birch. Like he could be a very. We're, we're going to have to talk about him as our potential starting center, but Matt. For me, I'm gonna be very spicy today. Bulls, top five seed in the East, and also Kyle is gonna take that Miami team to the Eastern Conference Finals. Finals. It may be crazy to hear, but it's happening, dude. It's happening. No, it's
0: not. You're wild. <laughs> you're absolutely wild, man. Over <laughs> over the Nets or the Bucks, you're wild. Over injured, Philly. You're injuries, wild.
1: Injured, baby. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All right, man. Anything else, my dude? Nah, no, man. You're gonna
0: wrap us up.
1: Beautiful. Well, thanks everybody for being here. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at The Board Sports. Like and subscribe if you're listening from YouTube. And check out theboardsports.net for new episodes and blog posts.
0: And we'll talk to you next time.